Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I barely made it to the microphone. You in time. barely <laughs> caught that. I was like running down the you know the hallway yeah. with a cup of coffee, and I didn't want to spill it, but I busted it in the room. Got Good here, timing. and you guys had already started the opening, so it's like, yeah. how am I going to do this? You did spill a little bit on me. I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, I thought that was your shirt had a weird design. I thought this one. Why <laughs> is one sleeve brown? I don't understand why that is, but it's a Rorschach shirt. That's neither. That's neither. Yes, exactly. What it tells me is... <laughs> I look at nice coffee. Yes, <laughs> and you can smell it, too. Anyway, all that aside, anyway. uh, we, <laughs> we've got an interesting show today because, uh, uh, you know, this is a week... This is some interesting readings yeah. as, as, we, uh, as, we, um, as we do this show and we're looking at the readings for the weekend. Uh, we love every once in a while just to do a show on whatever the readings are, and... Um, I, I think it's always really a, it's going to be an interesting day at church mm. when you sit down, you nestle in, you're getting all ready. You know, you got the kids settled, everybody's ready for mass to start. Then it kind of starts. You're thinking like, all right, what are the readings going to be? And then the first thing, the lector gets up there. All eyes are on the lector. It's very dramatic. And all of a sudden, they say these words: "The Lord said to Moses and Aaron." If someone has on his skin a scab or pustule or blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy, I mean, I'm thinking at this point, okay, this is gross. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're delving into gross land, right. and it's, it's supposed to be mass. Shouldn't we be talking about, like, little lambs and, you know, and love and... I mean, it's know, Valentine's Day. I mean, right it should out. be, right? It's Valentine's Day. Well, I thought Father was going to talk about Valentine's Day. Instead, he's talking about sores and pustules. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's gross. So anyway, that's all we really had to say today. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> this is going to... How is he going to transition into Valentine's Day? <laughs> I have a homily coming on. I'm preaching that uh, this thing we can have a homily coming on. But anyway, um, you know. But, but uh, so so we'll we'll go to the New Testament and we'll and we'll go to the Gospel according to Mark, and we'll cover that little section there because that will help us with the sores and the pustules and the blotches, yeah. you know. Um, and this is the from the first chapter of Mark, verses forty through forty-five. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, "If you wish, you can make me clean." Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. What do you think is going to happen? Just any, any guesses? Any <laughs> He's guesses? telling everybody. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. <laughs> He got a Facebook page, a Twitter account. No, I'm kidding. He didn't do those things. But he spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. I know Jesus had to know that that was going to happen, but he, because you know, he did many times, he told people, like, don't tell anybody. Oh, yeah. Well, er earlier this week, we had a reading where uh, the people in the town were, I think they said, that scurrying yeah, around scurried, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. They scurried. Yeah, scurried about. It says yes. they scurried about. And, uh, yeah, so it's like people, you know, uh, honestly, I think I probably would, too. 
Yeah, oh, sure. You know, yeah. If, if if you've got uh, if you've got a uh, if you've got a disease, if you got an, an ailment, a, uh, something Post-trum. going on, you've got a, a, <laughs> a sore or a pustule or or a blotch of some kind. Uh, Jesus, will you look at this rash? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So exactly. And you know what's beautiful is he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, and uh, in fact, in fact, the the, uh, the gospel you're talking about, uh, <laughs> which which was also from Mark, uh, the one you're mentioning about people scurrying about. Mm-hmm. It says, "As many as touched his garment, right, right, the hem of his garment, that they were healed, right." So it's just some powerful healing getting out of Jesus. So yes, oh, yeah. I, I would do the same thing, and I would clamor, and I would, kids, get in the car, we're going to see Jesus, <laughs> uh, you know. And it's like I, I, I understand why people did this, but interestingly, I mean, we're looking at this, and um, and it's a leper that yep. comes to Jesus. And there's there's some beautiful parts of this story. I mean, the, the leper he kneels down, and he, and he doesn't just say, uh, "Jesus, you know, I have been plagued, I've been bothered, I've been you know uh, inundated with this horrible leprous condition my entire life, and I am living a life of misery and pain and agony, um, and so I need this to be taken away from me." I mean, he doesn't say any of that stuff. What he says is so humble and so beautiful. If you wish, you can make me clean. Right, and Jesus knows the guy's heart. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's been through. Well, in the first reading, um, at the end of the first reading, it talks about the state of lepers. It's not just the the bad spiritual, uh, the bad uh, physical health that they have, but also it, there's a loss of relationship. They're forced to be on the outskirts of town, unclean, unclean, yelling, unclean, unclean as people pass by. So there's also he's not just seeking a restoration of health, but also a restoration of relationship um, with everybody. Right, so we know this guy's in dire straits. Yeah, right. And what's so beautiful is 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 Jesus says, uh, first of all, he's moved with pity. Right, yep. he, he stretches out his hand and touches him, which, by the way, would have never happened. Right, right. People, you don't touch a leper. Mm-mm. Yeah, that would technically make Jesus quote unclean. Yeah. under right. the law. Right. right. That's that. So it's just he's he's a rebel uh, with a cause. Right. <laughs> you know, in, in in all of this, and then he says to him, "I do will it." And I think it was interesting that the, the the leper says, "If you wish it, right." And then Jesus says, "I do will it, mm-hmm. right." So this is divine will that this man be clean. He's right. not wishing for it's, him. It's not like Jesus just kind of going like, "Well, <laughs> hope it works out for you." Right. Right. I mean, he wills it, and so when God wills that it take place, it takes place. Right. Right. I do will it be made clean. Those simple. I love those three words: be made clean. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something powerful about that. And you know it's interesting. We would you know in a in a twenty first century twenty you know if we're we're gonna we're gonna hear about leprosy, which has basically been wiped off the planet with very few cases. Unless you play with an armadillo, they carry leprosy. Apparently yeah. uh, that, but uh, <laughs> don't but do t- it, kids. No, he's exactly right. <laughs> don't listen to Sam. Sam's wrong. But all that armadillos are cute little creatures. Why would you say that about an armadillo? I mean, it's true. They I do was, carry leprosy. I literally ran over one yesterday. I mean, I, was, I felt terrible. It was awful. But anyway, all that aside, see how you just get us off the beaten track, track there? So look, um, the idea that something that is like very rarely even in existence anymore. Yeah. Why are we talking about it? It seems like it's outdated. Everyone's like, you know, this Catholic religion business. I mean, you guys keep digging up the past. I mean, there's got to be a reason why we're studying this. There's got to be a reason why this is presented, you know, in the church at Sunday Mass. Why healing is being emphasized. Yeah, well, leprous healing. Right. right? Some of the worst possible 
like thing to have. Right. Right. And there's also so the Old Testament shows us there is a connection between this outward ailment. Yep. Right? This viral infection. There's a connection between that and and the church, religion, spirituality, a relationship with God. Yep. Right, because there there was there was ritual uncleanliness right going on here, and and so it's like it's important for us to understand uh, that there's a connection. So when we see that now, we can actually take the word leper out, and you can insert any disease, you can insert any infirmity, you can in, insert any bad experience connection, you can insert the word sin, right. Right, and so so that's what I think the church is wanting us to see that this isn't just about uh, well, what'd you learn at church today, Junior? Well, we learned how to treat leprosy, you know. And it's like it, it, no, but what we did learn was that there is such a thing as spiritual healing. But isn't it weird though? The thing about the notion of spiritual healing is a little bit counterintuitive in some ways. Like I say this because when we think of healing, we typically think of Getting back to normal. Getting back. Yeah. You know, you've you're, you've uh, gotten over a sickness and you're back to normal. Or, gosh, I had this paper cut and it's healed. I, it's healed. I don't see it anymore. It's like I was, it was fixing my there. dryer and I got that right there. Do you see that? Yes. It's, a, it's scabbed over now. It's Okay. I barely, so it's getting back it's to normal. It's getting back to normal. <laughs> right. Well, with spiritual healing, it's something a little bit different because... It's not necessarily getting back to normal. I think to an extent, if we're going to talk about spiritual healing, we have to first be grounded in understanding of what is spiritual health, because that would be the end of healing, right? You know, it would be spiritual health. And is that something a little bit different than just physical health? Right. So physical health is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in tip-top shape. Right. I'm, I'm I'm what I normally should be. I'm within the parameters. We've all gotten doctor's reports back. Right. You know, you go you go to I have an endocrinologist and they give me these reports and it shows me the low and the high. And if I'm in the middle, I'm good. If you're in the middle, you're good. Right. But with spiritual healing and spiritual health, isn't it the case that holiness is our the is the standard for spiritual health and the measure of holiness is love because God is love and how much has has love been incarnated within you. So there's something a little bit different there than simply a physical condition. Yeah, we should look at spiritual healing as not something getting us back, like we're regressing back to a normal state, so much as we're actually being built up. Yeah. Right, built up for something bigger and better. I mean, we're 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 being transformed. Yeah, if we go to a, through a spiritual healing, we should be Stronger than we ever have been, whereas we wouldn't expect that uh, with like a paper cut. Otherwise, we just keep giving ourselves paper cuts. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have thought about that. (laughs) No, no, I I think that's a a a neat way to look at this because a lot of times, again, we're we're trying to find some kind of reason why we're talking about lepers, and and we can, and it's like, okay, people are probably making the leap with me, the leper leap, and they're looking at this, going like, hey, okay, so he's talking about. Uh, we're still we still need healing, right? What what is the what is the leprosy of of two, the year twenty twenty one, right? And uh, and and literally at the end of the day, you you look out into the world and you see the attacks on the family, you see the attacks on human sexuality, you see the attacks. Basically, you see no one believing that there actually is uh, evil or the devil or anything bad. There there are no right or wrong cho- choices. Moral uh, relevancy is everywhere. And so what you start to realize is 
that there's a very, very unhealthiness going on out there that's actually making us worse and worse and worse and worse and sicker and sicker and actually falling into sin and not even necessarily even knowing it to some degree until our spiritual limbs start falling off, right? Until our, 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 our life is a train wreck, right? And then you realize, oh, I'm in a bad, I'm in a bad way. And what this reading is wanting us to do is to realize that that you know there's something even far worse than leprosy going on right now, and it's because it's because it's killing our eternal soul. Right, exactly. Yeah, you can have leprosy like uh, Saint Malachi, you know, the the priest who who tended to the lepers and became sanctified in that way. And one, and if you read his letters, one of the holiest dudes, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that's out there over the past couple hundred years of the church. Uh, you you know, there are all sorts of saints who had terrible physical ailments and serious physical, uh, chronic physical issues, but their soul through their suffering was brought to great holiness and great love. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're not suffering anymore. That physical suffering is gone. Mm-hmm. And the thing and, that and remains you, is their love. And, but you might even say that their love was stronger because of the physical ailment, right? Yep. Because of the malady, because of the problems and the issues that they overcame. And so we're going to talk about that more on this uh, sort of the second half of the show. But uh, we're going to take a break first. Uh, but before we take that break, I do want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website thecatholiccafe.com also I'd love to hear from you send me an email Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com and like us on Facebook on Instagram and Twitter like and share our posts and comment on them it makes a difference and with that we'll be right back (laughs) (laughs) I'm Bess Drzymski and this is another great moment in church history The 1960s were tumultuous time for America. The Vietnam War was raging. The assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King shocked the world. Hippies held love-ins. Draft cards were burned. Scientists told us we were overpopulating our fragile planet. Feminists told women to get out of the kitchen. Then there was Woodstock, the Cold War, astronauts on the moon, free love, and the pill. Bob Dylan was right. The Times... They were a changing. In the midst of this era of great moral uncertainty, when the lines between right and wrong, good and evil, became increasingly blurred, came one of the most beautiful and impactful documents in church history, Humani Vitae, subtitled On the Regulation of Birth. Humani Vitae was promulgated by Pope Paul VI as a defense of the clear and constant teaching of the church that unnatural forms of birth control were immoral and intrinsically evil. While there was some support for the document, it was not universally well received. In fact, an unprecedented wave of criticism and dissent was unleashed from within the church, as well as ridicule and contempt from without. In short, it went off like a bomb. But as the church has always done since she was founded on the Rock of Peter some 2,000 years ago, she stood up not for what a fallen world thought was right, but for what God thought was right. In defending her singular stance against the immoral use of contraceptives, she stated in section 18 of Humani Vitae, It is not surprising that the church finds herself a sign of contradiction, just as was Christ, her founder. But this is not reason for the church to abandon the duty entrusted to her of preaching the moral law firmly and humbly, both the natural law and the law of the gospel. 
Since the church did not make either of these laws, she cannot change them. She can only be their guardian and interpreter. Thus, it would never be right for her to declare as morally permissible that which is truly not so. For what is immoral is by its very nature always opposed to the true good of man. By preserving the whole moral law of marriage, the church knows that she is supporting the growth of a true civilization among men. Humanae Vitae continues to be a source of consternation for those who would oppose church teaching, but it also continues to be a beacon of light for a world desperately in need of a constant, unchanging truth. I'm Vester Zimsky, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. Greetings and welcome again to the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, and we're sitting here with. I you know I never introduced you guys before. That's oh, okay. at the beginning That's of the show. Okay. So I, I just I, I don't know. I think there's some you people who so? are like probably thinking like, who's that handsome man right there? Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> A face for radio, as they say. Sam Ziggy Rodriguez, <laughs> and of course Tom Patrick Dorian. Aye. Thomas, hi, uh, and uh, and I'm Deacon Jeff, and we are talking about um, uh, this idea of being made clean, about mm-hmm. spiritual healing, uh, and the idea of being spiritually healed, and that's really why we're listening to this gospel from Mark about the leper that comes to Jesus and, and says, "If you wish, you can make me clean." And Jesus, moved by pity, says, "I do will it be made clean." Yeah. I, I also would mention uh, that. In a world that's overly complicated, they're really, you know, we can look at things and, and see nothing but problems and see no solutions and think like, and there's sometimes I even fall into that category or that trap of not, I just, I get a little depressed because it's like, I just, there's no, doesn't seem like there's any way out of it. Whatever it is, whether it's a financial burden or a, a relationship burden or a, a sin burden, whatever the burden or the stress is to think that there's no way out. Um, and and it, it's as really as simple as approaching Jesus and saying, "If if you wish it, you can make me clean." I mean, all we have to do is ask. And and I think that based on what this passage tells me, is that Jesus moved with pity will look at me and say, "Jeff, I do will it be made clean." And it's like, why didn't I think of that? You know, fifty eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, why have I? Why do I carry these things with me now and not? Stop and think just how easy it's been presented here. Right. I'm not saying a life of sin is is easy. I, I'm not saying that people don't have struggles, or not just sin. Maybe maybe uh, uh, problems with the relationships, complicated issues that happen in our lives. Trust me, I, I think we can all say, "Yep, yep." I can see the hands going up in the radio audience right now, right? Mm-hmm. And and I know that we're all in that boat, but and I don't want to discount that. Well, heck, all you have to do is ask, but but. But in a world so complex, really, the Scripture's telling us here, all we have to do is ask. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't know if it's that simple, but I'm going to try that. Well, I had an experience back in spring of uh, 2015, around the Easter season of 2015. Of you were just four. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Bad math, sorry. It's common core. I was in my 30s. <laughs> no, but um. But I was dealing with some interior wounds that I, I really felt like I had given them over to Jesus. Like I felt like I had experienced uniting my sufferings with 
with him on the cross, and I'd seen fruits from it. I'd seen God working to use those pain, that pain in those wounds to help me grow in love. I experienced all that, but the thing is, the pain was still there, and it was really heavy. And honestly, mm. it was getting to a point where it was starting to feel oppressive. Well, I'm going to stop you. I'm yeah. going to pause. You want to pause your story? Don't lose that place. But that makes me think about something. And Tom, we've kind of talked about it before, also. But like Is it when you said, heavy. Well, when you go to confession, yeah, and you confess a sin, and you still feel bad about it later, or, or mm-hmm. you really like, you dwell on it. And I remember mm-hmm. one priest who like. He's dead now. God rest his soul. But when you say go to confession with him, he go out of here. Bam! And I thought like, is he kicking me out of the confession? <laughs> but that was his thing. He did. It was like That's bam, cool. bam, gone. It's like what? What? What did I do? He's Emeril Agassi, the priest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he sprinkled me with some kind of magic uh, salty thing. I don't that know what it was. Sin's gone. <clears throat> but but he was trying to help me understand. It's like that sin's gone. Do not dwell on this ever again. Well, right, then, let it go, and right? Then, and that heaviness, when you said heavy, it made me think that even even when we're faced with the prospect of healing, we don't always accept it, but maybe there's something more. So go back to your story. Well, in that case, in this, in this case, it was, a, it was a heartbreak that I had experienced that it was becoming heavy, and I felt but like... But if you gave it to Jesus, that's what it I wouldn't thought. be heavy. It wouldn't right, be, exactly. So you didn't really give it to Jesus. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's you didn't hear, bam! You needed, you needed Emeril Lagasse to come in and say, <laughs> Bam! Well, I had a different experience. <laughs> I wasn't watching the cooking channel. <laughs> what, here's what I, here's what ultimately happened. I was uh, in the confe- oh, not, not in the confessional. I'm sorry. I was in the tabernacle, not inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going the wrong direction. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was at the tabernacle. I was at the tabernacle. You were praying before. And the I was tabernacle. praying before the tabernacle. Yes. Right. It was Easter time, and I was having the same thought that you were having. It was like. Is there something I haven't really let go of? What's going on? Like, why? Mm. Why is it still like so heavy and so there? You know, and I really feel like I've done all I've, everyone has ever told me I, was, I should do to right. deal with it. Right. Uh, and what God showed me was that the glorified body of Jesus still had His wounds, but His wounds were different than our wounds because His wounds. They're no longer subject to infection or inflammation or or some any sort of uh, infestation of any kind. Uh, they're they're glorified wounds, and they serve as a conduit and testimony to His grace and His mercy and His love. And I felt God asking me, Sam, instead of asking for me to just erase the wounds and make it go away, you've united. The wounds to Christ crucified. Now ask for them to be glorified, to be uh, united see, that's to Christ beautiful. resurrected, and, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, because you stop and think about it, how did God save the world? Right. I mean, through wounds. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're to be spiritually healed, you got to kind of follow the path of Jesus. So, there's going to be a wounding. Yes. But I love that image, and you think about it, like when Saint Stephen. Uh, was uh, the first martyr, first Christian martyr, mm-hmm. had been stoned to death. As he's dying, he looks up in the sky, and the sky opens up, and what does he see? He looked up and he saw Jesus sitting on his throne. This is the triumphant Jesus, the, the resurrected Jesus, the Jesus who ascended into heaven. This is the glorified Jesus. So what Stephen would have seen is Jesus with his wounds, his glorified body. Right. Right? So so with this image, like Jesus has his wounds there in heaven. Even in the book of Revelation, it's the lamb who appeared 
yes. slain yes. that opens the seven seals. Yes. So, so Jesus has those wounds. And essentially, uh, I love, I mean, from Isaiah, by his stripes we are healed. Right. Right. It's by his wounds that we're healed. And it's like, in the same way, your wounds, they're no good erased. Right. I mean, they're, they're like, they would have been like, oh, cast off this cancer, cast off this hurt, cast off this sin, cast off whatever this is. And the reality is, is like, I don't want you to be burdened by this, but this burden now will be light because of me. But that, but but that is the is this is the new you? Well, I heard a priest one time. He was asked, "How do you reach millennials?" And he had an interesting answer. He said, "You know, I always hear about these millennials saying that they want to leave their mark on the world. I'd really like to hear people say instead, uh, talk about how many people they're le- letting leave their mark on them." Yeah. And when he said that, I started. I processed it through my experience in Easter of 2015, and thinking, you know, the heartbreak. And the pain that I experienced, those people left their mark on me, but those were people that I loved. And the mm-hmm. pain that I experienced came from a place of love. And, and you know, if we are allowing ourselves to have the courage to be vulnerable, we're allowing ourselves or putting ourselves out there to be loved. And, yeah, we might get hurt, but we may be strengthened in new ways that we never realized were possible. So the next time we come out of confession or so the next time that we 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 just we pray before the tabernacle and we ask for, you know, God to relieve us of whatever the issue. Lord, please take this uh, off of me. Uh, the reality is we need to be ready to, be, to 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 be made clean in a way that God sees us as clean. Uh, right, and I loved. You can look at this also as like this idea of being clean is really like you're you have a clean slate, mm-hmm. like you're starting over. The world now is your oyster. All these possibilities, what you what you can do and what you can accomplish because of your wounds, yep. because of what you have, because of the burden that you had, but now you've given over to God and you've put on the cross with Jesus Christ. And so we need to we need to pray that God makes us clean in that way. That Jesus stretches out His hand, moved with pity, uh, and touches us, right as as He would touch that leper. And, and and say, I do will it be made clean. And that's going to transform our lives. It's not necessarily going to erase the cancer. And it's not going to be happen overnight. There's still going to be a lot of things that you still have to unlearn. Just, mm-hmm. it's, Amen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're struggling, if you've got these burdens, if you've got things on, give them to Jesus. Let him let him make you clean uh, and, and then live that glorified wound to the rest of the world. Yes. And let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us on this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.